guys, welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast, man. I'm your host as always, Arsenio, and today we're going to be diving into some real good stuff. We got in-company interviews. Now, no, I did not do interviews with them. However, I did reach out to about two of them on LinkedIn, and one of them by the name of Alex, as you see on the photo, probably, you know, in the podcast art, um... You know, like like he said, hey, you know, let me uh let me know what topic you're interested in, so you know to see how I can be a service. Da 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 da. And I haven't reached back out to him because I'm like, okay, well, this is a little bit different, you know. Rather than just jumping on a call to see a couple of things, um, you know, he sent me that message like Lisa, Lisa Cato. I remember like me and her, we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because she wanted to see the video that she was actually in. And then I sent her the video, she stayed quiet for about a week, and then she finally reached back out to me, and let's get on a consultation call. But, oh man, I don't know why I was so nervous with Lisa. Um, but anywho, with these three, obviously they've already had an interview done and everything, and, you know, basically they are, you know, it, it's just like all the other in-company interviews that I've done with the uh, the sales investment. Well, this one is about these three, and it's in corporate finance. So remember, we've already talked about two specific things, cutting costs, budgeting, uh, forecasting sales, all that good stuff. And this is exactly the questions that they're going to be asked, and we're going to break it down. Now, again, my Business English Podcast membership, I'm really hoping that I get it up and running again, although it is available right now, but a lot of people... You know, they're, they're, I, I haven't been focusing on that so much because so many other things had blown up in the process. So I scale back and I'm going to reaffirm and see exactly what I want to get done this upcoming, you know, this upcoming year with that specific membership. But in this one, oh yeah, we're going to do the good stuff. So here we go. Now identify, before we even start this, identify business drivers, okay? Meaning the things that make a company grow. All right, now check this out. If we look at what drives your sales figures, what drives costs, what drives your cash flow. Now, with the two that I mentioned before, drive sales figures and costs, there's nothing in terms of cost that is actually driven and whatnot. But what drives my cash flow is basically how much content I actually put out. See, last, uh, when I start pumping out a lot of content and stuff like that and posting, you know, just posting routinely one after another and get things that people are really interested in, that ends up driving the cash flow, right? That drives my sales figures. But if I don't and I just scale back a little bit, then it gets a little bit quiet. So to be honest with you, throughout this, um, you know, throughout this month, you know, it being, oh, I guess you could say November, it was November 15th right now, but you're listening to this right after Thanksgiving weekend. Um, you know, it was, it's been a little bit quiet because obviously I didn't want to take on too much. You know, I had like three big sales. It was like a, uh, you know, great, a thesis over here. Okay. TOEFL package over here, a TOEFL ITP package over here. And then it was something else. And I'm like, okay, this is all I could take on. I don't want to take on anymore. Uh, because I just feel like I'm beginning to be overloaded. And at the end of this month, you could forget about everything because that's when the training at the company begins. And to be honest with you, in January, because the COVID cases are almost, you know, damn near below 6,000. Listen, it's that once the other companies open up, that's it. So I'm going to have to be very, very particular with what I am doing and making sure I still drive sales, right? Now, 
quality of my workforce that's a question i've never been asked that's probably a question you've never been asked if you're in business english if you have a business um you know i was just thinking today how my life could be made so much easier and this is like people probably creating you know my uh my keynote presentations and creating documents that i could send to my students and I remember at the very dawn of COVID, January of 2020, almost two years ago, I had a wonderful Thai girl who was so great at creating amazing documents. And because she had a really bad attitude and because the community, like, like it, it just, I was very poor at managing, you know, quite a few things. But at the same time, I had to figure out exactly what I was trying to achieve with having someone on staff. Right. And so what ended up saying, what ended up happening was that I needed to quickly figure out what the, what the, um, sorry, I got completely thrown off. Okay. I got my thought back. So here we go. So basically that's what, you know, with her, if I had known exactly what her goals are, again, she was working for something who I would deem to be, you know, I don't work for those people anymore. Right. So if I were to give her that extra work so that she could help me, and because I brought another third party in who I was doing a podcast with at the time, and he wasn't keeping up his end of the bargain in terms of paying on time, it ended up becoming very, very frustrating. And there was one time that she sent me a message, and she and I forgot what it was, but it was a little bit rude. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, you know what? Okay, here we go. You take this last little bit, goodbye. And that was the end. Never spoke to her again. And was that a great way to do it? No, because I got into my feelings instead of actually addressing the problem at hand. But because I ended up getting into my feelings and I just felt like, you know, with the attitude she had given me before and how standoff, uh, standoffish she was. Now, again, was, was I in the wrong? Of course, right? I was in the wrong, you know, even with the, the, the girl that I had probably earlier that year because I didn't know exactly what I wanted her to do with my business and everything. I was like, well, you know, I'm not exactly sure what I should do. And let me just, let me just hire on. And she ended up doing a whole bunch of busy work that really never moved the needle forward. And this goes the same with the little Thai girl, you know, um, very good at creating stuff. If I had paid her on time, would she have done better? Possibly. Um, and to be honest with you, the only reason why I didn't pay her on time is because I ended up bringing her in with another guy that I was doing work with. And then that had happened. But then again, she had thrown around the idea saying, well, I have a lot of things that I have to do here too. And that's a big issue too. So nonetheless, workforce and the quality of my workforce, like the quality of her and the way she got a lot of things done, created my BIDC presentation in 2019, a couple of other PDFs and wonderful tests that I had created. She is such a design like a, a freak she is so good at designing but because i didn't convey things over and because more than likely her personality type was an architect i just always thought that she should be one step ahead of me but the thing is she's an architect and she needs to be told what to do and i didn't know much about that and so instead i'm over here doing things just by winging it and the thing is architects they don't work like that they need to get things done in a systematic in in orderly fashion so nonetheless that was the last time i ever had someone on i thought i was gonna bring another student from chula uh to help me with a couple of things but 
Next thing you know, apparently she wasn't so interested. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your loss. You could have gotten paid a hell of a lot more than what you get paid at any single singular job. Even the top jobs in this country wouldn't have paid you what I would pay you. But nonetheless, hey, you got to you gotta keep on working. And again, when I actually, you know, post a job ad for once, probably, I don't know, at the dawn of the new year saying, yes, we're hiring and, you know, me possibly only accepting, you know, my own Thai folks so I could get together with them so we could understand the vision, see what they can actually provide for me. Then I could figure out things about the workforce, you know? And so ah, that's the big part. Now, the next one, the growth potential, you know, the big word back in 2018 when Gary V was very popular amongst the culture scape. And he did so in a very wonderful way because obviously, you know, the whole collaboration, the year of collaboration and, you know, getting to know people and doing podcasts and, you know, uh, you know, doing a lot of collaborations was huge. It was huge three years ago. Right. Um, and that's how I met a lot of people. Now these, you know, these people, did they influence me in any shape or form to a certain extent, you know, probably subconsciously and stuff, but you know, my growth potential, I remember I was, you know, I had, I brought a girl on, it had to be like early to 2019. Um, and I, you know, she was talking about scaling a business and I didn't really know much about that, but she did guide me through that at the end of 2019, you know, saying, okay, well, no, it was actually at the end of 2018. Jesus, this is like three years ago already. And, you know, I didn't understand what scale was, but if I look at the growth potential of my business, I could definitely have a team of five to six you know, with people doing certain functions so that I could focus on what? The three skills that are going to move the needle forward. My speaking capabilities, that's voice, that's video, and that's presentations. I need to focus more on what I, like what needs to be done that no one else could do. That's my voice, that's my video, and that's my presentations. That's me doing these specific companies. That's me going to training programs to get in license in specific fields so I could, you know, continue raising the bar in all fields of endeavor and that so that I could train people, you know, in transformation coaching and life coaching. The next, you know, I kind of somewhat just, so, you know, kind of break away from TOEFL. Now, the growth potential in terms of TOEFL, I don't want to be stuck in just one box doing just TOEFL. But with Business English, there are so many businesses out there that need high performance. There are so many business uh, and, you know, individuals out there that need life coaching. You know, there are workshops that I would love to do with, you know, in a collaboration with a lot of people. So the growth potential is beyond immaculate. Like there is no limitations on what I can reach. And so, but there are businesses out there and maybe you have a business or know someone who has a business where there are growth spurts and then there is a ceiling. And then this is how people end up selling their company. Like with, okay, what is it? Um, what is it? The What is it? Clubhouse. Okay, so what's, now that they've allowed everyone to join, okay, so what can you do next? Now, Spotify podcast, they could totally have a comment section for different episodes for creators like us. That would be amazing. You know, um, Apple Podcasts, you know, they they just try nickel and diamond the creators. So you're not getting any money from me, Apple. You suck. Um, but if we look at the growth potential of different, like Facebook, that that's it. It's over. Facebook is now just trying to steal the ideas of other companies, as you see, or just buying them out. Like dumbass Zucker, Zuckerberg bought Instagram. He bought WhatsApp. 
you either buy out your competition or you just steal others' ideas. So I won't be surprised. Like Facebook tried getting on podcasts. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, maybe you should, you know, try getting your podcast on Facebook. And I'm like, to be honest with you, I'm very, very, you know, hesitant with actually submitting it because I'm like, Facebook podcast? Really? Do I really want to do that with Facebook? Do I want Facebook to have any hand in my creation and what I've been doing? Ugh, you know, I'm just like, mm, now. So they reached their ceiling a long time ago. What else could they possibly do? IG, uh, Instagram, not so much because, uh, again, they added four. You could do four uh, people at the same time on an IGTV live, right? So Instagram can continue growing. They're going to have to add an audio to it. So if you think about that, not like Twitter, done. There's no more growth. Twitter's just there. That's all it is. Twitter's, that's all it was and that's all it ever will be. Clubhouse, more than likely, that's the ceiling until VR and AR are augmented and like, you know, integrated into that system. Facebook, they're just going to steal ideas. There's nothing else, nothing else that Facebook can do. You can create a metaverse, you know, just so you can get all that attention off you for being a complete klutz, Mark Zuckerfuck, all right? But no, other than that, there's nothing else you could do, you know? WhatsApp, there's a shitload they could do. But they don't really try to add in marketplaces and businesses and a lot of things to WhatsApp, which really sucks. And again, Mark Zuckerberg did buy that. And it makes sense to why they're not growing anymore. <laughs> so in saying that, I won't be surprised in the next two years that Clubhouse sells to Facebook. And Facebook takes that over and calls it Facehouse. And it's simply because, okay, well, you know, are they, but, but the thing is, the CEO is very enthusiastic about what he loves to do. So when I heard him speaking, he's not like the Snapchat CEO. And again, he, he put a self-imposed ceiling on him. See, there are things that you could actually put on your business and that that's it. Because Snapchat, you got to add people directly. There's no place. There's no community in Snapchat. And he never added that. And because he never added that, look at the growth of Snapchat. It's trash. So with Clubhouse, it's actually really good, but what else could he develop? And will he sell himself to the, uh, to, to the devil? I don't know, because he looks very enthusiastic and passionate about what he loves to do, the CEO. So in saying that, people, I'm done preaching. We're going to listen to Andy, Samir, and Alex talk about a variety of different things, okay? So here we go. I'm going to give you these questions, okay? What things does Andy say that you should focus on when making a forecast? Okay, then what does Samir say is the most important thing to focus on? All right, and then there are a number of other things that they're going to talk about, and then we're just going to discuss and go from there. All right, so in saying that, people, I've already screen share. I'm going to make sure I screen share one more time just in case I mess this one up which is possible and we're gonna go with it right here right now so let's do it now get ready forecasting and budgeting is the first thing tell us about the factors a company has to consider when forecasting for the next the quarter that we consider when forecasting the next quarter um include this is andy capital gains tax payments personal tax um payments for example because they're sort of they tend to be the lump sum sort of the lump sum figures that it to tend to damage your cash flow if you don't consider them you can really get a surprise so the main factors are now Samir when forecasting for the next year is to look at the business drivers within the company 
that will vary company by company. But a forecast that isn't based on business drivers isn't going to lead to accurate results. Okay, so forecast that isn't based on those business drivers that I have mentioned won't have accurate results. So when you're forecasting for the next quarter, it's not so much about cutting budget, you know, cutting budgeting and everything, but focusing on those drivers that actually bring the money in, you know. And so Air Asia had to borrow like a ridiculous amount of loans, and all these other companies out there had to borrow a lot of loans to stay afloat to pay their employees. And now that the pandemic is over and now that tourism and everything is going to be coming back, especially when caseloads go below 2000, when caseloads go below 2000, that's the end of Thailand's pandemic. And then they're going to begin to allow a lot of vaccinated tourists in here. But nonetheless, um, I totally understand like, you know, business drivers like that cash flow. I know right now that I have low hanging fruit. And low hanging fruit essentially is something that I can sell someone so that I could get cash flow. Now, sometimes I don't have to always do that. You know, I could reach out to different people who have bought my courses. Uh, I could pitch them new courses and whatnot. I could send out an email. Um, you know, I could hurry up and create a course and get that out there and start pumping videos on YouTube. That can definitely start creating cash flow very, very quickly. But again is that is that the whole goal behind my company now my goal isn't to just say okay i'm just gonna sell a whole bunch of things and get a whole bunch of no i'm taking my time with it because this is all coming in a process and i don't want to just throw out a bad product or just pitch something to someone or pitch time to someone so if i pitch someone a course and then they're like oh well you know uh you know okay i would love to buy a 10-hour course 20-hour course and i don't have time to do it no it's like an international school student who I used to teach at the very beginning of this year. You know, when I was teaching him, uh, I didn't like him whatsoever. He was, uh, again, when it comes to money, if your parents suck at parenting, your children are going to take that for granted. So sitting in front of a kid who didn't want to speak to me for two hours was like, uh, again, am I grateful that I got that money, and, you know, in the midst of the second wave? of the pandemic when I didn't have all these TOEFL ICP courses and people buying my stuff around the world and all that great stuff. Yes, before I ended up working at a company and getting a ridiculous amount of money and ended up building a bomb with them, whereas they do training services directly through me now. Yes, but now the mother came back eight months later. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, eight months later and said, hey, how many hours does my son have left? And I'm like, whoa, you didn't show up for 10, 10 hours. So I have to give her ultimatum. Hey, listen, he has eight hours. However, due to my schedule, I only have Monday available. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't even do Monday, right? Because I'm like, oh, well, first and foremost, on a scale one through 10, in terms of terms, terms, people, time, energy, return, money, sanity. The sanity section is completely gone. Is that going to help me move my skill and my business and provide that fulfillment? On a scale one to 100% in terms of percentages, it would give me less than one. I wouldn't do that. I would hurry up and quickly reimburse her and get her out of my face. No offense, because that doesn't bring me fulfillment anymore. I don't go after quick sales and just, you know, making sure I hurry up and, you know, get this company so I can get this amount of money. I don't do that anymore. I don't like doing that. And so if that were to happen, I would say, listen, I can reimburse you the three hours and then that's it. If that's what you want back, I'm cool with that. Because I just don't have time. And even if I did have time, 
you know, personally, I wouldn't tell her this, but even if I did have time, I wouldn't even go there because I'm literally going to waste probably an hour and 10 minutes going there. I'm going to waste about an hour and 30 minutes coming back. And then I'm going to sit in front of a kid who doesn't even say three words in it for two hours. No fucking thank you. You're wasting four hours of my day. And to be honest with you, there are so many other areas of my life that I could put those four hours to develop me and everything else. So no thanks. That's how you do it. That's how I do business, you know, out here in Thailand. So now let's go into the next part. Tell us about the importance of cash flow and how a company should manage this. All right. So this could be Alex. Cash flow is one of the key things, but it's not the only thing to consider. Um, There's always the ability to get short-term lending, be it a bank loan and overdraft, things like Uh, that. But it is very key. You have to make sure that there is enough cash in the business for it to be sustainable. Um, A a key risk for growing businesses is what's known as overtrading. It's businesses that try and grow too quickly and they're not keeping a, a, a mind of their cash flow. Well, the importance of cash flow is cash is king. You can be making lots of profit, but actually have no cash. For example, you have to pay your staff every month. You may be making sales, but if you haven't received the money from your customers, you'll have no money to pay your staff. If you have no money to pay your staff, unfortunately, your business ends. Wow. Okay, Mr. Samir, thank you so much for putting it so blunt for us. But he's true. That is true. Again, cash is king. And again, you could be profiting, but I don't I don't understand how those profits don't turn into like cash flow. So whatever you make cash flow from is cash flow. But the profits that doesn't equate to anything. So what does what do the profits go to? So if we look at profits, does that just go to the CEO so he could buy his fancy ass cars and his fancy ass shoes and not take care of his his uh, his kids, um, not his kids, his uh, his employees? This reminds me of, um, oh, my God, of a Netflix series. I forgot what the name it, uh, of it was, but um, it was basically like you have one girl. She's the CEO. You have this other white guy, CEO, black guy, CEO. And then you had the founder who's the father. If you look at all the employees, they're very, very hardworking. The company is profiting, but again, they don't have the cash flow to pay those employees off because all assets and things are frozen. See, that right there is unacceptable. And as a CEO, if you don't take care of your staff and anything or anything, you suck. I mean, that that's it. That's it. Like, and again, I hold myself accountable for that. You know, back in 2019, um, you know, when I told her what I should have made it clear okay so once it's finished final product you're gonna get your 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 money straight away but the thing is when i keep prolonging it because i'm waiting on a payment from another clown who i used to do a joint podcast with and he never gives me the money and then i continue just receiving and receiving and you know and the next you know she says uh excuse me where's my money oh 100 responsible uh, responsible that old arsenio is not good and to be honest with you that led to the termination of that joint podcast I done, which ultimately led over the last, uh, what is it, three weeks ago, uh, him, just me, just, although it was already done from last year, absolutely, but this led me to completely eliminating that specific individual out of my life, you know, because he kind of, I allowed him to make me look bad and not make payments on time. And I, I never put myself with empathy into her shoes and say, Arsenio, damn, what you're doing is exactly what that company she works for did to you. How would you feel? 
How did you feel when you had to keep bugging the CEO? Money, money, however little it was, it was general principle. How did you feel? Felt like uh, I'm very angry and I wanted to quit. There it is. You see what I mean? So how would she feel if you didn't pay her? And so again, I think um, th there was a, a special project that I wanted her to do. I forgot exactly what it was, but you know, I, I think I had to communicate to her exactly what I had to get done. She was like, to be honest with you, this isn't really fun. And I just looked at that as the biggest slap in my face. Could I have conveyed all the information over to her very easily? Absolutely. Was I disciplined at doing that at the uh, in January or like December or January, the first week of January of 2020 before the pandemic? Absolutely not. That was an entirely different Arsenio from who I am today. So I ended now that couldn't have had that shouldn't have happened if I was good at getting things done, focusing on needle movers, making sure staff are happy, this and that. Get what I mean? Happened with the girl earlier that year. I didn't know what her objectives and stuff were. So, nonetheless, okay, cash flow. It's important. Cash is king. At the same time, you know, overtraded. Like, like I didn't. I totally don't agree with borrowing any money, uh, Alex. Like, this is why when I look at the low cost airlines and stuff like that, borrowing money to pay employees, you're looking at short term economics rather than long term impact. Air Asia is in supreme debt. Thai Airways is the worst airline in the world in terms of debt ridden, but it's a national airline and that national airline comes with royalty. And so even how bad it is today and them trimming the workforce from 21,000 to 14,000 employees, it should be 400 employees left because that's how bad the airline is. Because it's royal and because there are different hands in that pot, it would never sink under because it would completely deface the entire everyone at the top of this country see what i mean so again debt written you could keep borrowing but at some point you got to pay that back like if you can't even pay back the janitors like if can you imagine a janitorial company saying hey you guys haven't paid our employees we keep paying them but you haven't paid yet do you understand how ugly that looks do you know how bad that makes you look that's pathetic we don't have money figure it out you keep borrowing money you're way way in over your head it's over even if you profit and most like like small airlines don't you're you are screwed so i'm saying that budget and process let's see what these guys talk about here this is going to be very interesting so. i mean one of the key things with budgeting um and it's a conversation i'll always have with a client at the onset of starting a business or even people who've been in business for years is be mindful of your liabilities mindful at the end of the year because right. a lot of people make money and then they spend it, but they don't take into account that we've got tax to pay at the end of the year. Mm, there it is, Alex. Great point. Great point. Couldn't the agree more. Which is easiest to make cuts. As a matter of fact, let me hurry up and run this question by you. Tell us about the areas in business where it is easiest to make cuts on the budget. Now, this one right here, okay? This is whatever he says. This is probably going to be the nail in the coffin, or me actually reaching out to him. But if he's one of those people where he says, oh, yeah, we really don't care about our, uh, our employees, I'll hurry up and I'll block his ass on LinkedIn. So let's see what happens. Be careful, the Alex. Areas which is easiest to make cuts. Most people would answer that by saying staff. And I think that's the wrong answer. Yeah! From personally, in terms of my own business and in my client's business, I try to look at the admin costs. There's always alternative suppliers. There's always alternative suppliers who 
are more competitive. Usually, you can cut in a I love it. Alex, you're a good man. You are a good man. I'm going to have to reach out to you now. Okay, let's go to Samir. By discretionary, we mean spend that we don't have to take. So an example might be marketing spend or travel and entertainment. However, there mm. are always impacts from doing so. For example, if you cut your marketing spend, it may affect your revenue. Or if you cut your travel and entertainment, it may affect the morale within your staff. Fuck the morale. Man, morale. Get out of here. Okay, so Alex made a great point. Samir, a little bit different, a little bit more of a commanding type of personality. But nonetheless, let's go into the final question. Tell us about a budget that was not achievable. All right. From a personal point of view, again, within my first year of trading, I had certain goals in terms of where I wanted my turnover, my profit to get to over the next... I had a five-year plan. Now, I realized afterwards I've been very optimistic in terms of where I wanted to be. But again, I learned from that process and it just, it's just a matter of, of managing your expectation and making sure that you're capable of such growth. Um, again, going back to a previous point of overtrading, sometimes it's good that you don't get to a certain point where you want to get to because your business can't handle it. Your business will grow as it's able to. If you suddenly take on 10 new staff and you quadruple your business, you might not have the skills and the infrastructure to handle that. That's true. Yeah, Alex, that is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Taking on a lot of staff. And this is why I look at uh, Tesla and I look at space. Well, not Tesla, but SpaceX. This is why I look at them as an eyesore because I remember last year when, you know, COVID happened, Elon Musk was the first one to hurry up and just cut staff. He could have been, he could have cut so many other things that these two gentlemen have mentioned. So many other things, right? We're talking about the market and we're talking about uh, this type of thing, the electricity, this, that. It, but he went directly to the, air, the aeronautical engineers in which you actually need to create it. And, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we're probably going to hire him back. Probably is not an answer. These people have livelihoods. And so now that you're a trillion dollar company, it's so funny when these assholes, they end up cutting a lot of staff and then they end up bringing everyone back on. They're like, yeah, I'm a trillionaire. I'm this. Motherfucker, you still cut like 700 to 7,000 staff. You still suck. I'm sorry. You could like beat your chest all you want and have all these poor people who are poor minded individuals who hail you as a god. But you cut 700 to 7,000 people. And guess how many people and, ra and the ramifications of that depression, stress, financial, uh, fi financial instability. You did that. And here you are talking about, yeah, we do this and that, I'm this, I'm that. Are you going back to those staff members and giving them like a severance pay at least, probably 12 months up front? I got some, um, I know some people right now who work for some of the airlines that if something, and again, I'm very happy that, you know, the airlines hadn't, you know, fallen under like they should have. Uh, but, you know, if they end up getting cut, they get nine months up front, nine months of pay, almost a year salary. And that is phenomenal, you know, but at the same time, you know, there are a lot of jobs. They wouldn't even give you like a month, especially in America. You, you won't even get, you probably get two weeks if you get lucky. If you work for a temp agency, you don't get shit. You work, they get paid. You don't work, they don't get paid. That's the hard knock life of everything. So with that being said, people, wow. So much to dive into in regards to this, uh, you know, staying mindful of the cash flow uh, to top this off. Uh, that's one question that you should answer. How do you stay mindful of the cash flow? 
you know, I make sure, you know, I get paid from the tutorial center and for the next two months, it is going to be, well, yeah, for the next two months. So the month of November, the month of December, these are going to be pretty good salaries. Um, but after that, the tutorial center is just very, very basic garbage money, right? But at the same time, I know at the beginning of the year next year, on the days that I'm already, te- you know, co- you know, training at these companies through the tutorial center, right? I'm going to have two other big, uh, a big bank and another small, um, a small joint Swiss type of company coming back into my schedule. And that's when my fun, that's when everything really begins to turn up. So the cash flow, I'm mindful of it because one company would pay me every week. And so I'm very mindful. I'm like, okay, so at this month, I already know what I'm going to get for this, you know, for this month working there for this amount of days, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously I have um, the other one, which is a bank. Obviously it might be a little, you know, tug of war battle because they like to pay after training. I'm like, no, you're going to have to pay me half up front. Sorry. That's how I do business. Um, but being able to get that down packed and saying, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do from the beginning going forward. You know, it makes life a heck of a lot easier for me. Let's just put it that way. Um, and at the same time, I'm mindful of my cash flow. Like, okay. Rent and power bill. Now that my tutorial center has finally gotten its head out of its ass for the first time and maybe forever, I'm now getting a legitimate salary. And this is because I'm doing a lot of training, online training on Tuesday and Thursday, right? But then when I start doing my high performance English training, which begins, well, which is, well, by the time you listen to this, it had already begun. Um, it will have already begun. I mean, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this class is ending at 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, I'm sorry, at 6 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursday coming up, and you know, in the second week of December. And then guess what? Next year in January, don't ask me to do anything else Monday through Friday. You got your bullshit Saturday with the bullshit classes that you get, give me and your bullshit Sunday. Hate to put it that way, but again, I am no longer working to make you rich when you're not looking out for me and you do nothing for me. Like, what do you do for me? Oh, I give you a work permit and visa. Yep, thank you very much. But that's in your job description. And I pay for that. And I pay for that. Well, I could I could take it away. You ain't taking shit away. You need me. <laughs> so in saying that, people, wow, there's a lot to digest. I manage my cash flow by making sure I always put, you know, I have my really big training account where the people who pay me the real big money, I put it all into one account. And that's for saving up to do the transformation program in South Africa. That's for the high performance program that might happen at the end of the year next uh, next year or maybe into 2023. Um, or maybe the real estate real, uh, what is it? The real estate course that's about $500 that I can, um, that I might start doing uh, this upcoming, you know, December, if not probably first quarter of next year. So I could start building up the whole, putting the money into the bricks that I have a stipend for my learning, my personal development. Okay, for me to become a better individual in general, then I have a stipend for traveling, then I have a stipend for personal expenses. Okay, and then I'll have a couple of other stipends too when I'm going to start doing the whole big investment thing. So cash flow, absolutely got the cash flow. The tutorial center gives me that bullshit cash flow, the rent and the power bill every single month. Okay, not really, because I mean, after these training courses end, they're going to be giving me flat out dog shit like they've been giving me like the past two, three years. And again, do I believe cash is king? Well, I don't want cash to dictate my life. I'm not going to say cash is king. Um, 
again, do I have cash flow to pay different people, individuals for sparing, like, like sparingly work? Absolutely. But I don't want to look at something as cash being an object and, and cash being the controller of me. I'm the controller of it. So I don't want to just, you know, hell cash is king as this being this huge thing. Because again, I don't have, you know, other, you know, multiple employees, not even one employee right now. But at the same time, yes, cash flow is going to be important, not king. It's going to be important for me paying the, uh, you know, the individual or two who gets work done. So in saying that, that was an extremely long podcast. Oh my goodness gracious. I am so grateful. If you came here and listened to me this entire time, thank you so much. And man, you better stay tuned for more. I had to hurry up and bang this out because it's going to be a very busy end to the month of November. I hope you guys had a wonderful one. Thanks so much. Make sure you share, rate me on the Apple Podcast Store, and I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.